0: Welcome to TechNado. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome back to another action-packed adventure filled episode of TechNado, the most amazing technology podcast available on the internet today. I'm selling it hard today. Say, yeah. I need me a yeah. new hype man because this—he <laughs> this
1: no, ain't doing this guy's job. You know, like, so I'm, sure.
0: I'm not used to introducing the podcast. Uh, I, you know, for those that are listening out there, I'm Don uh one of the hosts of Technado, and. Uh, each week, I have the, the pleasure of helping to bring IT, technology, and security news and information to you, our audience. Uh, but this week, we are making a bit of a change, which is why I'm, I'm talking right now. Uh, we are introducing a new host on the podcast. Now, I say new, but uh, I'm going to introduce Sophie Goodwin. Sophie, you have, you've actually been on the podcast before, so you're not brand new to everybody, but you're going to be taking over as the regular host of TechNado.
2: Yes, absolutely. I, I have. Uh, I guess you could say I've been a guest before, um, and just kind of been filling in. But yeah, now you got to see me every single week, or hear me rather. So you're gonna have to deal with that.
0: Well, you know, uh, Peter. Peter set the bar pretty high. He did. Big shoes and to uh, I mean, at least like twelve inches above the ground. Uh, <laughs> we have to. We have to get over that. Uh, I, I'm confident that you'll be able to do a great job, and I'm excited to see what you bring because you actually work with. Uh, our other host, uh, quite a bit in, uh, in our, our day jobs where we film training content. Uh, so you are, are not new to the technology and security space. It'll be really interesting to hear your feedback, but uh, I'm going to hand over the reins to you as the host. So, uh, so what's happening?
2: Okay, well, thank you. We've got a lot, lot of interesting stuff we're going to go over today. I guess um, probably I should acknowledge that there's a third person in the room with us, as much as I hate to do it. We have Daniel here with us, who you all know and love, I'm sure. Oh Uh, yeah,
1: I'm sure that's how it goes. Yeah,
2: absolutely. (laughs) I I get to. They know so much. Maybe
1: love. That's that's suspect. But uh, yeah, Yeah.
0: we Um, were we were going to replace Daniel as well, but the toaster we ordered yeah got lost by UPS. Uh,
1: You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring up ChatGPT and everything you ask me. I'm just going (laughs) to type it in there. I'm going to give you that answer. (laughs) And
0: honestly, half the time it would probably work. Yeah, Yeah. there's no way it would have enough '80s movie references. I don't know. It knows all of Wikipedia. You'd have to put for it in there. Like, Describe <laughs> Wi-Fi 7 using 80s movie references. Oh,
1: I'm doing that right yeah, now. Yeah, we need to do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that one
0: in the hopper for chat
2: <laughs> Okay, well, now, now that you've gotten that out of your system, uh, you wanna, y'all want to go ahead and get started? I
1: guess we will.
2: Okay, so first up, uh, we've got an article from Ars Technica. Uh, it says, Rip. Or rest in peace, I guess. Surface Duo, Microsoft reportedly gives up on the weird form factor, but Microsoft is still all in with Android and plans a Galaxy Fold-style device. So, the the Surface Duo, that's the it's the two screen that had like the 360 hinge. Is that right? Uh, I I don't think it's
0: 360. Is it 360 if it opens all the way around? I guess it would be 360. Mm-hmm. Yes, thought it that that would it 360. way. So uh, yeah. so yeah, it, it, it's two screens, and Microsoft announced this oh, I don't know, about two and a half years ago now, they announced the Surface Duo and the Surface Neo right right before the pandemic. It was a uh, holiday season before the pandemic started. And I looked at it, and I, I didn't care for the Surface Duo because that was their phone factor, but the Surface Neo looked pretty interesting to me. That was more of a, a tablet form factor. Uh, they immediately canceled the Neo <laughs> when the <laughs> pandemic hit. Uh, but the Duo has hung around, and I've actually seen a number of them out in the wild. Uh, I think I had voiced at the time my concern of, I just don't know how long a device like that is going to last, like when you have a, a screen that folds over and over again. If you think about a laptop, you open and close every single day. Eventually those hinges break. Well,
1: here the screen is involved in that process. Uh, but and it wasn't 360 degrees. It was like 347 degrees. <laughs> it was super yeah. close. And so you're like, well, why doesn't this? Oh, it broke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why they stopped this thing. Yeah. So, you know,
0: the the folding devices, I haven't, I haven't spent any personal money on any of
1: them yet. Have either of you?
2: No. I no. Do no. not have the personal money to spend on that. Yeah. So. No. I think I uh, see
1: Anthony has one. He's got a a, really? a fold, I think, a Does Galaxy it? Fold. Hmm. And he's even got a case on it, which hmm. is interesting because it's got this weird fat hinge thing that allows it, it's it's a very odd-looking case. When it's folded up, it I mean it looks okay, except it's about as thick as a hamburger. Yeah. You know? Um but I guess you got to keep that fold safe cuz
0: that was one of the early comments was because it's a foldable device, you can't put a case on it and you can't right. put screen protectors on it either because oh, the, right, the tolerances folds. are, yeah. So, you know, if you stick it in your pocket and a little piece of sand gets in between the screens, you're... Done. Yeah, not not a good...
1: I mean, you know, yeah. it's got you can, Your keys can get between it and nothing happens, <laughs> but one grain of sand and, you know, it's just a... It's gorilla a nice Glass thing. is like the biggest
0: sham of our age, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah. When yeah. you can scratch the hell out of your screen at a moment's notice. Yeah,
2: and I agree. You've seen my phone, and it's, it's uh, pretty. it's not pretty. And I used Gorilla Glass, so yeah. there you go. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, <laughs> Use, user error, maybe. Possibly.
0: I remember when Nate uh, Nate broke one of his phones, Nate here at the office, yeah. uh, our IT guy, and uh, he, he broke his screen and he told me what happened. It's like he had set his phone on his bed mm-hmm. and he had just gotten home from work and he took his belt off and he threw his belt on the bed and it just and pfft. the buckle just kind of snapped just right and shattered the screen. And no he, way. He said it had Gorilla Glass too, but it... It should really be called Gorilla Glass Poo, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. That was a clean joke. That was a good one. That was a good one.
1: You know, so, he's good. With our help, he could be the best. He could be. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I've, I've worked with better oh, but not many. Uh, so the Surface Duo, I'm not surprised to see it go away. Maybe it'll get replaced by something else. But if you loved it, well, prepare to have your heart broken. Yeah.
2: That's unfortunate. Well. Uh, the next one we've got here is from the New York Times. Uh, I'm sure y'all have probably heard about a lot of the flights that were canceled or delayed right around the holiday uh, time period. And the FAA says that there's no evidence it was caused by a cyber attack. It says it traced the problem to a damaged database file. So I know we got a question about this. We did a webinar a week or so ago. Uh, and Somebody had asked, like, do you think this was a cyber attack? Was this, you know, what happened? And uh, evidently not, but I can see why maybe they would think that because it did cause a lot of panic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, what was interesting here is it, if you've if you've ever read about like the technology behind the FAA and air traffic control across the United States, like it's pretty phenomenal stuff. It's all built with really high levels of redundancy. So when one system fails, they can flip over at a moment's notice to an entirely redundant set of equipment because that's how important air traffic control is. Well, in this case, a lot of flights had to be grounded, uh, travel plans disrupted, and It turns out that the database corruption was actually present in both of the redundant systems, in the one that was active and in the one that was standby. And it's kind of a lesson, like, if you don't work at the FAA, you might wonder, why do I care about this? But in any industry, when you set up like an active standby replication, you have to know that something that happens in the active area is going to replicate to the standby. And so if something like a, a virus gets into the main active system, it will replicate to the standby system as well. And so problems like these show why it's so important that you have backups, too. A, a replica is not necessarily a backup if it's online. It, the, everybody who gets hit by ransomware learns that lesson really fast. So the FAA is no no different but they did have to resort to restoring from backups, and that's why the flights were grounded so long, and, and why so much of a disruption happened. Uh, they're saying it's not a cyber attack. Now, to me, they're saying yeah, it was, it was it was a corrupted database. But they're not saying how it got corrupted, and so there there is still the potential that it could have been a cyber attack. But we'd have to put on our tinfoil hats for that one. We have yeah, because I segment. mean
1: they don't quote it, but it does. You know the subtitle of this is the agency said that there was no evidence it was caused by a cyber attack? Or is it no evidence that we've discovered? Or no evidence that we're yeah. willing to share? Like I always <laughs> have to probe a little deeper with these people because you never know.
0: You know, in this case, so it, like let's say it was a hard drive failing, right? Yeah. You have to imagine these database files are stored on a RAID array, rate arrays fail, and they have redundancies and all that, but data can become corrupted. Um, but in that scenario, if the drive fails, that should be a failover event. You, you, don't, you can't replicate corrupted data from a drive failing. Right. Now, you could have memory corruption. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, it was months ago, we were talking about cosmic rays and Google yeah, yeah, was bit saying. Bit flipping. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah and bit flipping. Stuff like that that happens in RAM, maybe that can make it over to the other side. But again, to corrupt a file is a bit of a stretch. Hmm. So for this to happen, it would usually have to mean like some kind of, of client error that, you know, maybe code that wasn't tested in Right, staging. I was going to say, they
1: probably pushed some bad code at this point, right? That but it's the FAA seems, and They are not sinless perfection, Don. But
0: they have about as many controls as anybody. It's true. Maybe NASA is the only one that goes even further. Well, and maybe
1: this is just one of those uh, instances that proves just how difficult doing things like this really is. And even though you can have all the controls in the world, mistakes still can be made. And it's just... Yeah, it's a matter of time before they actually show themselves.
0: So i I've been watching a lot of X Files lately. I don't know. if I, It's I, weird
1: that you say that.
0: <laughs> oh, because this
1: morning I was driving to work. I was like, you know what? I have not watched the X Files in a while. I'm gonna start watching the X Files again.
0: Oh, I, I've been I've been watching the last couple of weeks. I'm on uh, I'm in season four. Right oh, okay. Now. So I that's started... when it
1: starts getting weird, right? That's like the last really good season, and then it gets a little weird. Yeah, and then it comes back and starts getting good again.
0: Yeah, yep. yep. So I'm I'm in that stretch. Uh, Sophia's like, I have nothing to, to offer when it comes to X-Files. You didn't watch the X-Files at all?
1: I, I feel like we yeah. should make that mandatory viewing for her at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe not all of it. It's a lot. Right. I yeah. mean,
1: seasons <laughs> one through four, at least. <laughs>
2: That's my homework for this week. Yeah. Okay. It, at least oh, you're not episodes. making it
1: through seasons one through four in a weekend. <laughs> she needs to start with the episode home. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I wish I knew. Wish I understood.
1: So it was banned. It aired one time in its entirety, and it was banned from airing after that. Okay, because people were calling, going, "What is this? (laughs) What did I just watch? I don't know what it is, but I'm really disturbed, (laughs) and I don't like it. And make it stop. Kill it with fire." Okay. Yeah.
2: You give me like a new fear every day, but all right, I'll I'll look into that. Yep.
1: So, uh, so anyhow, I've got this
0: X Files mindset, right? <laughs> and I, I don't want to—I don't want to be Fox Mulder necessarily, but yeah. in this case, all right, they've—they've they've told us what the cause is. And I, I get it. All right, you got database corruption. It made it into the redundant systems, and so that caused the outage. All right, but something had to cause that, right. and they haven't disclosed it. Maybe we'll find out one day. But I would say that there is still a chance that this could have been
1: pulled off this, by uh, a cyber attack. Well, I mean, and of course, okay, so we LastPass, right? They tell us, yeah, we had some 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 breach of our source code. No big deal. Right? <laughs> Nothing it's to see here. It's a big Move deal. Along. Well, last week we talked about CircleCI. You know, somebody breached our source code. No big deal. We'll see. And then now we got this. You know, ah, there's no cyber attack. No big deal. It seems like this is now the default. Like, <laughs> I, if we're going by that logic, if that is any kind of, you know, correlation, then maybe that's what we're seeing. It's the, It's the first flag of no big deal. Before they go, so the f a a is on fire, <laughs> <laughs> and there's twenty dead bodies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry we didn't catch
0: those in our first, inspection. yeah man,
1: you know, we really should have looked at that code a whole lot better, but uh, next time we'll do better, we promise, yeah,
2: Love those seems like there's a lot of that happening recently, Like, yeah this thing happened, but it's no big deal, and we may we may get to talk about that more in a little bit, but yeah, uh, all right, so thank you for that riveting discussion on the x-files uh oh, we'll,
0: we'll gonna... put together a watch list <laughs> for yes, you it, the, the one with the, the vampire pizza boy oh, that, that was a good yeah, one yeah that was a weird that one
1: was a... wasn't it
2: yeah i don't think i could have predicted the string of words that we're gonna yeah.
1: get. <laughs> don uses that as his pseudo That's like you consulted you can this random a generator
2: then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so up next we've got uh this is an article from tom's hardware it says wi-fi seven is coming Here's what you need to know. Expect speeds of up to 46 gigabits per second with the new standard. So I, I read a little bit about this, and I think we may have talked about this in an episode that I had the had the fortune of coming on previously, um, talking about how it's, it's, you know, increased transfer speeds, reduced latency, boosted, I think, network capacity. And I remember thinking, like, at the time, I had no idea that it's, like, there was Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6, it's like the Fast and Furious franchise. Like, so uh, yeah. there's, there's Wi-Fi a Wi-Fi 7. Yeah. <laughs> Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> But this it's a little bit, there's a lot of a, in this article about, you know, you're probably thinking, I just bought a new Wi-Fi 6 router. It's already outdated. So, is is that true?
0: All right. So, um, when it comes to wireless, especially at your home, in my opinion, it, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? So, if your Wi-Fi is working fine at home, there's not really anything driving you to, to upgrade. However... Wi-Fi six and Wi-Fi seven are being ushered in because some people, and I don't know these people, but some people somewhere are starting to get two gigabit fiber connections at home. Uh, I I have fiber at home, but it's only one gigabit in in the the blazing metropolis of Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, one gigabit is the best you can get. Uh, but some people, I have to assume, in like Seattle or New York or somewhere, are uh, are, are starting to get uh, two gigabit. So. Wi-Fi standards need to improve to be able to take advantage of that higher speed. And so that's where we saw Wi-Fi 6 come in, uh, where it could do 1.2 gigabit as your maximum bandwidth. Still not full, but it was more than a gigabit. Uh, then we had, uh, let's see what was next, Wi-Fi 6E, which was also 1.2 gigabit. That one just added the 6 gigahertz frequency, but it, it just it allowed you to have more people connected, but it didn't really increase speeds. And then uh, the the new one, Wi-Fi 7, which is 2.4 gigabit. So this is where it finally exceeds that, that speed at home. So if you've upgraded at home or if it's available in your area to get 2 gigabit broadband, well, now you can have a wireless standard that allows you to take full advantage of that. Otherwise, you're being throttled. Now, if you have 10 devices on your network, they're all dividing it up and it's all fine. But if you have an individual machine on
1: wireless and you want to take advantage of 2 gigabit, this is where it comes in. I have one question, Don. Just one? Yeah, just one. Just one. It's a simple question because I'm a simple man. Do I now get to get a router that does this?
0: Oh, that moves. That, that's all I care. <laughs>
1: all right? I don't need stinking standard routers. Static routers that stand there with their, their antennas <laughs> sticking straight up like some crazed mannequin. I want antennas that move. Uh, right? probably- I'm like Russ, what's his name, that needs a car with doors that do this. That's right. Or this. to be in the three commas club. Yeah, that's right. Uh, three commas.
0: So the... Uh- <laughs> We'll probably start seeing houses designed with giant wireless infrastructure (laughs) built
1: into it. Yeah, and uh, you just plug into that, and then your house is the is the Wi-Fi router. Cancer rates will be through the roof. (laughs) No, these tumors are horrible. But man, my reception's amazing. Look at this data. (laughs) Remember the good old days when we had like
0: 802.11a and 802.11b, and then we had G and N. And then it went to AC, Uh, Wi-Fi 6 is 802.11 AX, Wi-Fi 6E is 802.11 AX also, which is confusing, right? So that's nice. Um, And now we have Wi-Fi 7, which is 802.11 BE, so we have jumped up quite a bit. Um, BE, as far as I know, it doesn't actually stand for anything, it's just the letters they have picked to stick on there. Uh, But this is the new standard, it runs at 2.45 and 6 gigahertz, and gets you up to forty-six gigabit is a th- uh, theoretical maximum, so impressive stuff.
1: So the BE makes me think of. So I play guitar. There's an amp builder out there called Friedman that makes okay. amps, right? Makes amps, and he has an amp called the BE One Hundred, and it does stand for something. I don't think I can say it in mixed company. <laughs> 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 and that's exactly what I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Oh uh, well, I'm gonna look that up. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say I got yeah. to Google. Thank you. Oh, all his amp names are very inappropriate. <laughs> It's Friedman. Friedman. F R I E D M A N. Friedman amps. Any connection to Marty Friedman? Uh, no. 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 Just, just curious. He is not. Uh, I don't even think he plays those amps. To be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a dumb thing. I, okay. I, I like how Dodd's looking this up. Like, <laughs> He's just I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, curious. I have to know. And you too, right? Get on your. You're on the computer right now. Yeah. Open a tab. And just take a look. Be yeah. There's the BE 100. Yeah. I've uh, gotta yeah, put. Uh, it's not saying what it stands for though. No. The mystery. Well, this is gonna bug us hopefully. forever. Uh, so there's, there's. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> there's also the Harry B. E.
0: You know, I have <laughs> a somewhat vulgar mind, but I'm not Come able on, to connect yeah. that
1: one. Even he's all got right. a small amp called the PT. Even. All right. Well, if, one, if we I thought about point. it long enough, but maybe I he's dropped like all those th- nomenclatures at this point. <laughs> <because>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead though. and just steer this away from that before we get too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so we've got uh, another article from this is from The Verge. It says Intel breaks the six gigahertz barrier with six hundred ninety nine dollar core i9. I'm going to butcher this. I nine one three nine zero zero KS. I'm not familiar with this Uh, (laughs) processor. So I'm gonna learn today. Intel's latest 13th generation CPU arrives today. This was uh, January 12th. So like I said, it was last week with a six gigahertz max turbo frequency at stock speeds. And I'm really hoping that you can break this down uh, and kind of explain this to me. Absolutely.
0: All right. So uh, so let's start with that model number. The I (laughs) nine 13900KS, uh, the 13 tells you that it's 13th generation. So it's the new generation of uh, Intel processors that are being released in 2022 and 2023. Uh, the KS tells you that it's unlocked, so which means you can overclock it if you want, which is likely how we're getting to that 6 gigahertz barrier. You know, back in the day, if we, we go back in time, uh, there used to be an earlier, more innocent time of computing when if you had a 486... 33 megahertz processor, and then somebody down the street got a 486, 40 megahertz processor, right? Like that, that megahertz speed started going up and up, and then you had the like DX266. What was the and,
1: law that, like, every six months, like, technology became obsolete because new technology came? There was like a specific, I, like, they came up with a law. I know there was Moore's Laws on size,
0: law? but I don't think it was the doubling, or maybe it, it was, was doubling, it. yeah. But we used to see that. We used to see these big jumps. And I remember when they went from megahertz to gigahertz. That was a big deal. Like, if you had an 800 megahertz processor and all of a sudden they went to 1.2 gigahertz, it was like, holy crap. And then you had uh, multiple cores. So if you had four 1.2 gigahertz cores, like, that was impressive. But then... Something happened around four and a half gigahertz, around that range, where they kind of just gave up <laughs> and stopped and started adding more cores, right? And what actually happened was their efficiency got impaired. So, uh, in electronics, when you feel a device that's hot, if, if an electronic device is giving off heat, that's, that's losing energy. It's inefficiently using the energy that it
1: has. It was Moore's Law, by the way. It was Moore's Law. Okay. Yeah
0: today we learned <laughs> that uh, so you know we should be seeing doubles and we haven't been seeing doubles we've been seeing them add cores which in some cases in multi-threaded workloads can be doubling but in normal workloads it's not well it started to look like they wouldn't be able to get past the 6 gigahertz barrier there were a few people that did it by like immersing the processor in liquid nitrogen and and it would destroy the processor after just a few minutes so that you know they couldn't really get a, anything beyond a demo but now we have an actual commercially available processor uh, that that's broken that six gigahertz barrier. So it, it's just right at six gigahertz, which is kind of neat to see. Uh, it is overclocked to get there though, which means it's going to run hot. You're going to need a big fan. It's going to be loud, but it'll it'll do it. Uh,
1: but it'll also go all the way down to something like 3 gigahertz for normal running. So, Don, I got out of hardware a long time ago, like where it became an obsession where you're looking at the newest specs. Uh, and you uh, apparently stayed in that that sphere. You always are bringing in cool technology for us to talk about here on Technado. Explain to me why this matters. Like, why don't we just go to GPU models, right? If, if GPUs are faster than CPUs and you can get all so much more like data processing out of them, what would be the advantage of going to something like an i9 instead of building a GPU rig that does all these? You know, tell, tell me why I would use one of the other. So this, this is the old scale up versus scale
0: out argument, gotcha. right? So if you have a multi-threaded workload, which almost all graphics are, right? So mm-hmm. when you're doing rendering and there's a million polygons on your screen, it's really easy to drop the rendering of each polygon into a separate pipeline. So you have like CUDA cores and things in a GPU that can handle that. It breaks up really well and it's all math. But in a general pur- general purpose processor, like your CPU, it has to be ready for just about anything. At the end of the day, it is still just math, right? But there's a lot of single-threaded workloads that happen, mm. and that's where scaling up is what's going to get you that performance. Now, in a perfect world, everything would be multi-threaded, and cores would be the answer. But if you've got a workload that doesn't take advantage of multiple cores, that's where you want to push this and get it as high as you can. Just, so this is a very specific application for this. Um, You know, I hesitate to say specific because
1: it's anything that's single-threaded. Okay, well, I guess the question then becomes, what's the ratio of threaded to multi-threaded applications out there? Is it skewed one heavily one way or the other, or is it kind of uh, around the 50-50 mark? Uh,
0: You know, in this day and age, I would say that most things are multi-threaded. But you'll find legacy software that's not. But you'll also find things like there's several video games and stuff where their their main engine is still single-threaded. Gotcha. Uh, it does happen. Uh, and there's some software that just naturally doesn't lend itself to being multi-threaded. So, you know, there's okay. just various scenarios that you can bump into like that.
1: Well, we learn something new every day, don't we, gentlemen, <laughs>
0: gentlemen? <laughs> And I'll just say I'm not uh dying to jump out and get this processor uh it, uh-huh. it retails a lot of make friends don it retails at seven hundred dollars which your is your
1: lie you tell like you want
0: <laughs> <laughs> i i almost thought i was gonna have to upgrade my computer at home um because windows 11 wasn't updating it said i didn't have a tpm i was like i could have swore i had a tpm uh and in my bio somehow it had gotten turned off so i just oh it back fun. on yeah. problem solved uh but otherwise like there's there's
1: not a lot motivating me to upgrade my computer. So wait, you're telling me that a security feature on your computer magically got turned off? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't a cyber attack. <laughs> it was uh, cosmic rays. Oh, <laughs> cosmic rays. Damn you, son! <laughs> All
2: right. Well, I uh, I feel a little bit like the you know the penguins in the Madagascar movie. Just smile and wave. I'm mean, just smiling and nodding. Yes. Yeah. So I'm the gonna go ahead and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna Take a little take a little second to process everything that I've just learned here. We'll go ahead and take a break, but don't worry, we will be back right after this with more Technado.
0: The iT Pro TV app is available for iOS and TVOS. The modern user interface makes navigation easy. Recently watched videos can be found on the home screen. as well as our daily live streams. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Access the entire course library by clicking on the play icon. Navigate our content by category, certification, and job role. Learn where you want and when you want as a premium annual member by downloading episodes for offline viewing. Watch on the go and pick up later on any of your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app.
3: This is Josh. Josh spent $2500 on a week of classroom training for CompTIA A+ and got certified. Josh got a good job that pays $40,000 per year. This is Jeremy. Jeremy only spent $299 on a full year of training from IT Pro TV, including A Plus and 300 other courses. Jeremy also got a great job that pays $40,000 per year. Jeremy used the more than $2,200 he saved on IT training for a fabulous tropical vacation. Now, Jeremy is still using his IT Pro TV membership to study for Network Plus and Security Plus to advance his career, but not spending any more money. Since all three are in Included in his IT Pro TV membership, plus 300 more courses. Don't be like Josh. Choose IT Pro TV for your IT training. Hey,
2: everybody! Welcome back to TechNado. Up next, we're gonna get into, uh, as Daniel describes them, some of the biggest blunders on the internet. With our next segment, Dough. There it is. So this article comes just from Ars Technica. Uh, it says a fifth of passwords used by federal agency cracked in security audit. 89% of the department's high value assets did not use multi-factor authentication. And it, it talks a little bit about uh, some of the passwords that it discovered that were used in... I myself, especially in recent weeks, have been very (laughs) hypersensitive and paranoid about my passwords. I went in and changed everything and I'm like using password generators and whatever. Uh, So it was just interesting to see uh, the U.S. Department of the Interior, some of the passwords used were password1234, password1234, with an exclamation point, and change it now. So it (laughs) was just my favorite, yes. (laughs) So um, it's just interesting to see that it's, you know, it's not just the little people (laughs) that have these problems.
0: You know, it, it was interesting to me, the 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 number one password, and this was of the ones they cracked, right? So, they, they cracked 20%. It was one out of five passwords. That's a lot. Uh, the number one was password-1234, uh, which... Which that tells me that that's likely being set as a default somewhere, and users are supposed to change it, and maybe the users aren't. But that was used 478 times, so it's not like just a once or twice. But the one that got me was number two. I had to look this one up, because the number two password was Broncos2012. and Federal Reserve out in Denver. <laughs> well, so, so I looked at it, I'm like Broncos 2012, and they, they sort of tried the O's or zeros.
1: The S is yeah. a dollar sign, but otherwise it's Broncos I could see 2012. Where, like a, a regular user would think that was awesome.
0: So I looked that up because it was used 389 times, which again tells me that's got to be a default somewhere. Right. Uh, but that's the year that the Denver Broncos went totally defeated. <laughs> That's the year <laughs> that they didn't uh, apparently didn't well, win a single what game. That's uh I <laughs> ironic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, oh wait, hang on, do, do I have this backwards? Is it undefeated? I, uh, yeah, I might have it backwards. Um, after a two to three season at the start, they ended to finish thirteen to three. So I I don't know. It, so the Broncos apparently it was a good season for them. All right, I got this totally Maybe backwards. Maybe that's why they liked it so much. It fake, yeah. I am bringing fake news fake about the Broncos. Issue. Misinformation uh, right here. So, sec, yeah. so they, uh, anyhow, they, they, the Broncos had a season in 2012. This is <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to commit to now. And, and it's stuck, stuck in people's memories. I had to so walk they back they, this they won article.
2: their second consecutive AFC West Division title and earned a first-round bye for the first time since 2005, which, which is, was a big deal for them.
0: Yeah, and, now I'm confused again, because that doesn't seem enough to make it where 389 <laughs> times... People like
1: the Broncos. Yeah, somebody does. And yeah. there's a lot of federal employees they lost in Denver? In <laughs> the
2: divisional round by a double yeah. overtime score. So maybe that was why. Maybe it was a big deal, like that, that loss. Mm. I don't know. Who knows? We uh. could speculate about that forever and ever, I guess. Go sports ball. Go. Well, yeah. well. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, there were other great passwords in there like Orlando 0000 and so on. But the. the that was message, in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually after Orlando Bloom. Yeah, yeah. Because he has pretty they hair. <laughs> he is a handsome man. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, Sophie was like, he is. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, I, you know, every time I think of Orlando Bloom, I always think of Legolas. Like, that's just. Yeah, how that's him to yeah. me. So. <laughs> it changes nothing. He's, right. he, he's yeah. still
2: got beautiful hair. <laughs>
0: But, uh, you know, the message it sends to us, though, is we've, we've been talking about passwords a lot on the podcast because of LastPass and several other breaches. Uh, it is more important than ever to have secure passwords, and people don't. And at least 25% of the people tested by... The Department of the Interior. Did they don't not. need you
1: judging their life decisions, Don. Oh, I'm judging.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, Daniel, uh, you talked about it briefly last episode about how you use extremely long passwords and a password generator. What What is your the Daniel rule of thumb of what a secure password is?
1: Default all things, or uh, default of thirty characters of 30 all characters. of all character sets that they allow.
0: All right, so you don't. I had a question about this. Yeah in in LastPass. The the, mm. the arbiter of great passwords. Uh, they have a feature where when you, you do a, a random password generator, you can choose to uh, not
1: use ambiguous
0: characters. So, you know, like yes. 0
1: and O can be confused or... Like, and then there was like, you can make it more readable. Like there was an option yeah. to make it more readable. So yeah. how much does that weaken security? How much does it weaken security? I so i would say that that doesn't weaken it a whole lot i would think off the top of my head just because it's it's more about length and complexity right okay because those two things are meant to to defeat the two types of attacks that come against passwords which are brute force attacks where i just start at zero and you tell me how many characters to go to and i just try every permutation of character sets until i reach that which is why it takes billions of years or whatever to crack long passwords Right? So you have that, so length will help defeat those things. The longer it is, the longer it takes for that damn thing to go through it and, and find the right hit. Right? Then you have dictionary brute force attacks where I just have a list of passwords, and you run it through a system that hashes that password, compares that hash to the hash that it has, and sees, is there a match? If there's a match, mm-hmm. then you have the right password. Right. So what you do is you make them complex, you make them weird, you don't make them readable, right? So if LastPass is making something more readable, that doesn't necessarily mean it's turning it into a dictionary. Where it just means that you're not getting you know, asterisks, dollar sign, you know, capital B, J, and so on and so forth. You're probably getting something more consistent.
0: I was thinking if if I know that in order to to disambiguate that they're going to remove capital O's Mm. because they could be zeros. They're going to remove lowercase L's because they could be capitalized.
1: Do you know that's what they're going to do? Specifically, does it say we are Every time removing capital O's, I've, or I've whatever. not looked. Okay,
0: but it it has to be doing it the same way every time, so it, it shouldn't be hard to figure out what their pattern is. Yeah. So if I know they're removing certain characters, that mm. shrinks the pool it of does. characters. Yes. So, but if you're doing but a thirty-character password, right, it's not matter. significant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I I wondered about that. It's, it's not, from
1: it went to, from two billion years to one billion years. You know. Yeah, well. <laughs> 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 right. That's kind of how it goes. Really, the length lengthy passwords that are just random enough that they don't show up. Now we do see some obfuscation stuff in here, but you'll notice that they're just taking words and they're changing a character to a different character. And that used to be a really good method and it still can be useful. But if you do that with much longer passwords, that's going to be helpful. That's where you're really going to make your money on this stuff. And what I love about this is that as someone who trains security and specifically where you're cracking a password in, you know, well, I'm trying to teach you about strong security and strong power. Oh, oh I found a password hash because we did this attack and now we're going to crack that password. And the password was password one, two, three, four. And they go, and I invariably get someone going, Well, Daniel, no wonder you cracked that password. It's password one, two, three, four. It's too easy. Well, guess what? People use that password mm-hmm. all the flipping time. So it is not outside of the realm of even probably like, it's very probable you will hit that password given enough password hashes. Yeah. And yeah. and it doesn't take a lot of password hashes to make it happen. You're gonna find how many? How many was password one, two, three, four? Three hundred and eighteen people. Yeah. That had that in one given system. Now I, I thought it was interesting the
0: equipment they use, because sometimes we hear about the stuff. Actually we talked about it earlier this episode, yeah. like if you need multiple cores and, and a, a big rig to be able to do this, but they pulled this off with equipment
1: that wasn't wasn't out of reach it's not crazy Mm -hmm. you know most people aren't going to go out and buy two servers that have eight gpus in them each but it's not undoable if you wanted to do this they spent less than fifteen thousand dollars so fifteen
0: thousand dollars you could build a rig with 16 gpus in it that is a password cracking machine uh if you're a nation state if you totally have this. Uh, yeah, probably better. <laughs> yeah, right. right? No what, Where'd all the
1: 4090s go? Uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> and and that's that's why it's so important that we maintain complex passwords right. and that we understand that the the attackers
1: have tools that are yeah. impressive. So the fact that we have password managers is a pretty, you know, it's kind of a standard thing now as far as at least people in the security realm goes. Now, maybe mom and pa out there might not be hip to that. But if we start pushing much more strong passwords to where people are getting upset about it. You go, well, you just need a password manager, password manager. You just tell her I need 30 character password, click, click, click generates, copy, paste that you're okay. done. You don't even have to worry. You don't even have to know that password because the password manager takes care of it for you. As long as you use one good password, if I can get you, to, if I can get you to, to learn one really good password that you change on a, uh, you know, a, a, ba- a certain amount of time that rotates out and you, you use something else, If I can get you to do that, we might be able to solve this password problem by just forcing people to use, like, stop trying to, uh, you know, placate to the lowest common denominator. Force people into longer passwords. I know they're going to complain. I know they're going to bitch and complain. But as soon as you teach them the ease of using a password manager, they're probably going to go, oh, this isn't a big deal. It just takes somebody to help them. Hold their hand for a second.
0: And the situation keeps getting worse, but I figure after a couple of public executions, <laughs> problem will be solved. People will just will hey, get
1: They will snap and salute. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. I love this 30-character password, and I'm glad that you finally made it this long. I waited for the day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, hey, well, before we get too far into um, revolutionary ideals here, we're going to go ahead and, and switch gears. Uh, sometimes th- there's a story that comes out that y'all talk about on TechNato, and uh, it takes a while for all of the details to kind of emerge. And so then we get to come back and revisit that story later on in this segment, Deja News.
3: Deja News.
2: Nice funky little beat there. That's fun. <laughs> okay, so uh, so this article is from TechCrunch. Uh, it says Circle CI says hackers stole encryption keys and customers' secrets. So I, I didn't wasn't really familiar with Circle CI. It says that it's a delivery platform used to implement DevOps practices. So learned something new about that. And it confirmed that some data was stolen in a data breach. So love that. Yep.
0: We uh, we reported on this last week. Uh, Circle CI kind of important because of the role that they play. Right. Companies can engage with them connect their GitHub repositories to CircleCI's infrastructure, and then CircleCI can sync the GitHub repos, compile the applications, test them across platforms, and then deploy them into those companies' production environments. And that means that CircleCI has access not only to your GitHub repos, but also to your production environment. And last week, they announced that they they were breached, and they were encouraging their customers to reset their passwords, as well as rotate any secret keys that were stored in the platform. Well, now we've learned that the breach is far worse than that. The attackers are actually able to gain access to the private keys, to the decryption keys that were stored in CircleCI's platform, which means they had access to everything.
1: That sounds bad,
0: though not it, it? It does sound bad, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, all the source code, all the keys to production systems literally Everything, a hundred percent of the data stored within Circle CI was we, exposed. We
1: should have seen this coming because, if I'm not mistaken, Circle CI stands for Confidential Informant. <laughs> <laughs> um, not confidential in this case, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's more well, like community it's informant. Your confidential. <laughs> they are the informant. All right. This teamwork. is right. This is not false advertising here, people. <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. That's how it goes. Well, you know, we we spent a lot
0: of time over the last few weeks talking about LastPass and how bad that was, but at, at least with LastPass, the passwords were stored in a in an encrypted state, and the attackers don't have the decryption key, so they have to work at it. They have to brute force it. In the case of CircleCI, uh, I have a hard time saying it's worse because it's not like they're, they're not a password company, mm. but it certainly is worse in that literally all of their security is just blown right out the out the window. It's just nothing left. So
1: it's as bad a breach as, as you can have with a company. Yeah, this does not bode well for them. And I bet LastPass is just breathing a sigh of relief that that little spotlight has now shifted over to good old CircleCI. They're like, yeah, yeah, what about CircleCI? Go talk to them. They have <laughs> way worse than us. Please leave us alone. Stop I, saying bad things. <laughs>
0: I don't think it'll overshadow LastPass just because LastPass has a huge B2C yeah. like a consumer market. Individuals sign up for LastPass. Right. Individuals don't sign up for CircleCI. No, they do not. Uh, so it just affects businesses, which most people don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> so, well
1: we tried for you last pass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh but it does show that uh, at a minimum if you use Circle CI you're you're in you're in danger, yeah, right? So horrible. you absolutely need to be rotating keys and, and your source code has been disclosed. So whatever you have in your private GitHub repos that Circle is connected to those have effectively been exposed. So a big
1: challenge because you can't take that back. Yeah, and Circle CI ain't got time to bleed, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Dodd gets that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Even
2: this article on this issue with Circle CI kind of rags on LastPass at the very end. It's like, this is kind of <laughs> like what happened with LastPass. How the yeah, past remember
1: that LastPass thing? <laughs> leave
0: me alone. So there's,
2: there's really no escaping yeah. for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, the, the other lesson that you can take away from this, though, is that if you leverage a third-party service to do something like application testing like this, it is important to try and vet them, make sure that they're following security practices. I didn't check to see if like uh, CircleCI had been externally audited. That's a good question to ask people is, uh, have you been externally audited? And, and that's different than asking if they've been pen tested, right? Because mm-hmm. a pen test is one thing, but an audit... Covers your business processes, your legal and regulatory compliance. There's a lot more involved in a in an audit than a pen test. Pen test super valuable. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. you, you it's it's not that. an
1: either or. It's a both and.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. So definitely questions you want to ask of any vendor you use, not just CircleCI, because I feel like twenty twenty three is off to
1: a really rough start and it's only gonna get worse. Well, uh, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about here on Technato then, no won't we? Well, yeah, until yeah. we get hacked and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your
0: mouth down for that, Although you can make the argument that Technado does not store any valuable data
1: no, <laughs> <laughs> at all.
2: I've Gotta love that glass half full viewpoint. Thank you. Actually, that we optimistic might be like, we might be a outlet. part of the problem at this point. That's
0: right. <laughs> After my Broncos 2012 reporting, yeah. I feel like uh, our information is less than valuable. And, <laughs>
1: and if you really think about it, it's like, well, we're the, you know, we we have tech and tech requires technology, which requires cobalts, and there's like human suffering <laughs> in cobalt sure. mines. You see how it goes down the rabbit hole, real? Yeah, quick? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know where I. Th- Thought that was going, but it wasn't there. So thank you for that. You hey, always, well,
1: you know, yeah, I, yeah, gotta bring attention. Right? It, it, mm-hmm. Technado
0: is not conflict free. No. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
2: when they say child labor, they just wow. mean me. Yeah. It's just me. I'm the child. She's only
1: twelve, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's, uh, you know, that's probably as good a place as any, I think, to wrap it up before I get myself in trouble. So um, I think I think, yeah, we're going to go ahead and stop there. Dan.
0: All right. Let me I'm going to walk us out this episode. Uh, Sophie's going to be taking over next week as uh, you kind of learns the the rigmarole that we do. here. <laughs> Our high levels of professionalism. It's hard to live up to. It's, yes. it's tough. But uh, I do want to remind everybody that this podcast, TechNado, is brought to you by the fine folks at ACI Learning and IT Pro TV. So if you want to support the podcast, be sure to sign up at IT Pro TV. It's our, it's our day job, it's how we make our, our real money. So uh, if you visit our website, technado.com, there's a giant orange button at the top right corner that says Sponsored by IT Pro you just click on that, and you can sign up. I believe we have a uh, discount code for 30% off the life of your subscription, which is pretty sweet. It applies to individual users as well as team accounts, so be sure to take advantage of that. And Technado is not the only type of free content that we put out like this. We also do webinars pretty often. You can check that out over at itpro.tv slash webinars, and you'll see recorded webinars from people like Daniel, which are of marginal value, and with other people
1: that are... are so Sophie's in on those, too. She, <laughs> yes. He just cut her legs
0: off. That was, off. yeah,
2: Daniel, one break <laughs> for me. problem. Yeah. Used to be when he filmed Technado, that was his one break for yeah. me. And now he gets no breaks. No,
0: no. That's, uh, you know, no, no good deed goes unpunished. That's true. Uh, but be sure to check that out over at the webinars page. What, what's coming up? We've got, uh, uh, we just did one with John Hammond, which yep. was,
1: was cool. Got one with uh, Wes and Anthony Square, right? Actually, today, the, today,
0: that's the, day. the day this podcast goes live, we'll have Wes and Anthony on there. They're going to be talking about uh, kicking off 2023 in IT. So if you're looking to start a career in IT, they'll be talking about ways to do that. Uh and say, they'll talk you out of it. <laughs> there,
3: there <you> go. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Save yourself. Uh, they're
1: just smoking cigarettes and drinking coffees. <laughs> there's,
0: there's honor in flipping burgers, <laughs> yeah. not in IT. Not <laughs> <laughs> the things I've seen. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, I do want to to give a big thank you to Sophie. She got very little notice that she was going to jump in as host today. I'm sure you're reevaluating your life choices.
2: <laughs> Baptism by fire. It's great. I love it. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us this week. Be sure to tune back in next week for more exciting NATO. I'm sure more things are going to get breached and we'll have some great new tech news to report. Uh, be sure to tune in then and we will see you next week.